Welcome to What's Your Beef, a Beef Australia production. Each week we will introduce you to people living and working in the beef community and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic triennial event. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy. Vicky Rivette can't remember a time in her childhood when any of the adults attended a first aid course, despite them all working in the cattle industry, rife with potential accidents. Skip forward a couple of decades and the emergency nurse has taken the situation into her own hands, writing Australia's first rurally specific first aid course and delivering it across the country. Having returned to her home turf of Alpha in central Queensland, Vicky shares how she was lured back by love but has forged her own destiny by preparing hundreds of Australians to save the lives of those closest to them. So I grew up on a property about 50k from Alpha, ironically, because that's where my that's where I'm back now, back on the stomping grounds. Um, and I'm one of four children um, to Merv and and Lizal. Um, grew up, yeah, on a on a cattle farm, um, organic cattle farm actually. So breeding Santa Gertrudis. Had a beautiful childhood. You know, an amazing education. I attended the Rockhampton Grammar School for boarding school, and always knew that I wanted to do something within the health industry. So hadn't really nutted that profession out. Obviously at a young age, but had that, that sort of trajectory happening um, in the back of my mind so then I when I graduated from school I actually started a um, nursing degree with James Cook and which then converted over to CQ nursing here in Rockhampton so yeah studied nursing for a couple of years and then graduated from that Um, and I was really quite I guess I say fortunate in the fact that I secured a graduate nursing position in the Rockhampton emergency department so started my nursing foundation um, in emergency nursing which to be honest for the first six months um, I think I went home and cried every single night because I was like what on earth have I done I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm completely out of my scope and my league. Um, and then by the end of that first 12 months, I was like, I'm never leaving. I'm, you know, done hook, line, sinker. I love emergency nursing. This is me and the adrenaline junkie that I am. I think that fitted in nicely. So, um, and then... Do you think that happens a lot when, you know, yes, I'm going to be a nurse and then there is that shock kind of period and then I think every emergency uh, professional that I have come across has a pretty similar story you just get it takes a little time but then you get in I think it is a pretty common theme to be honest because it's so confronting I say when you're an emergency nurse you're a jack of all trades and master of none because you just you get um, a bit of everything a taste of everything really if you if you could say that um, and it is confronting because you know what comes through those emergency doors can be lights and sirens and hands-on action and, and you just don't have time to think about things like you just need to be a quick thinker and and very um, on the game all the time so and not- no one's looking their best when they come through those walls and you know I wouldn't imagine there'd be many calm emotions either so you're dealing with a hell of a lot at once. Yeah you, you are like it's very um, confronting sometimes what you do see emotionally um, and then obviously physically as well can be very physically exhausting depending on you know the patient that you're treating and the acuity of that. Um, I think what was so fortunate about 
having that foundation of nursing in the emergency department is that you know there's an amazing is an amazing workforce there there's nurses that obviously were in the same vote as me I was one of four graduates um, who were placed in the emergency department there's nurses that have been there for 20 odd years there's doctors there's occupational therapists there's you know that the full multidisciplinary team and it's such a supportive environment I think um, I really do credit a lot of what I have achieved in my nursing profession and also in my personal life to the nurse educator and the clinical facilitator that I had in those first 12 months because I remember, you know, obviously as they're precepting me and and guiding me and supporting me through those tender, you know, 12 months, I remember thinking, if I can just be half the person that you are, I think I'll be a good nurse. Um, and and that's really instilled in me, and I think that's what really encouraged me to go forth and then obviously you know, take on an education role, which I'm now doing, um, to be able to give back as much as they gave to me because I feel that that was definitely the fundamental of, of my foundation, really. So how did you end up going bush again? Yeah, so here I am just, you know, living my best life, working in the emergency department, you know, totally in love with what I was doing, um, didn't think I'd ever leave, and um, 2009, 2010 were pretty dry years for most primary producers. They would certainly remember those years, although I'm sure they'd prefer to forget them. And um, so I was actually working part-time with the Royal Flying Doctor Service um, doing health promotion stuff, so I'd actually reduced my hours in the emergency department, and I had gone home, so back to mum and dad's property just to give them a hand um, things were pretty dry there so they need an extra set of hands and yeah so I went home to work there and then RFDS rang and said oh we're going to organise a rural men's clinic or rural health clinic I should say on a property Mount Wilga which is owned by the Betridge family about 100k from Alpha so they were like oh would you be interested in going over there and doing the health checks and I was like oh absolutely that sounds great so you know bake, baked a cake with mum and you know did the whole social occasion thing and over we went um, for the day which was absolutely excellent they had you know different um, speakers there and, and guidance officers and financial counsellors and obviously then the, the health side of things for um, health checks and health promotion because that's obviously the last thing you're thinking about doing in the middle of a drought is essentially looking after yourself so um, that's what we were there for and ironically ended up meeting virtually the boy next door so um, who yeah he was working on a place um, Jojo station owned by the Burnett family from Claremont so um, yeah and I remember looking through the crowd thinking hmm, that's someone I haven't seen before and <laughs> I think he was thinking the same thing and um, yeah obviously I was a pretty small town but it was funny because uh, at, at the same time, the whole, you know, uh, the show was happening and um, I was actually awarded Miss Showgirl. And so he obviously knew who I was because he had lined up to come and get his blood test done by myself and um, he sat down there and I was quite nervous speaking to him <laughs> to get his details. And and then um, Charlene Vetridge actually called me away to announce me as Miss Showgirl, which was a bit of a surprise to me. But I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm you know, trying to <laughs> make some groundwork here with this <laughs> pretty good looking boy. But anyway... <laughs> What comes first, a future husband or Miss Showgirl? Like, that's a tough call. 
<laughs> so then I guess you've met you've met your future husband, um, obviously still working um, away from Alpha. So how how did you come back? Like, obviously, you this this story continues. Uh, lots of nagging <laughs> on his behalf, I should say. <laughs> yeah, so I was still working, obviously part time in Rocky, and um, really didn't have any plans to move permanently away, but. Um, yeah, I guess sort of, you know, good 12 months into our relationship, things sort of got pretty serious and then he was like, oh, be probably pretty good if you could move back out here. He actually did move down here, um, yeah, with me, um, which was nice. So he got a little bit of taste of town life and then, yeah, about 12 months after that, he was like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> we need to go back bush. So he then was fortunate to get a position um, with Hewitt Cattle Australia, actually, out at Alpha Station so he moved out there and then um, yeah I just did baby steps I like to call it I did baby steps to Roma for a little bit and then to Emerald for a little bit Um, and it was about two years after that then I say he was nagging a bit more to try and move a bit closer to home and I think part of me to be honest Jane I was scared to be a nurse in the town that I grew up in because you know people on such a personal level and I was afraid that I wouldn't be skilled enough to be able to, you know, ensure that I was providing the best quality of care. So I just wanted to set myself up, I guess, a little bit more, I guess, um, skill-wise as a nurse, but also mentally prepare myself for working in an area that I grew up. So um, I ended up actually applying for a position out in the Central West, which was a nurse educator position, just an acting role um, at the time. I thought I'll just see how that goes. So, And ironically found myself loving nurse education, which I didn't think was possible because I had some serious withdrawals when I left the emergency department and um, I was working 0.8, which is eight days a fortnight in the emergency department in Emerald. And on my days off, I instead of going home, which was the intention, I was actually driving back to Rockhampton and working in the emergency department in Rocky um, just to get my fix which sounds really bad but I just I just loved it really so I was surprised that I would love the education side of of nursing but um, I think it's because it sort of goes back to my foundation of nursing I have some pretty amazing people to thank for getting me where I am really. So you did end up you know there obviously a few more steps there but you're back in Alpha you're now nursing the people you love and grow up with and you know you said that yourself that's that's a confronting kind of experience. Was that justified when you got back like what were you a bit more comfortable after all this like the rest of the experience? Yeah so I ended up in Alpha as the um, nurse unit manager in 2015. I eventually succumbed to Andrew's nagging I'd like to say (laughs) Um, and it's it was probably the best decision I ever made actually because it's incredibly rewarding to be honest it was I was scared about um, nursing people that I knew on a personal level but um, it's actually incredibly rewarding doing that because and I did learn this I did learn this the hard way but I do remember my mum saying to me after a, a quite a traumatic ambulance call out that I attended to someone who I knew obviously on a very personal level and she said the only dignity that somebody may have Vicky when they're dying is to to hold the hand of someone that they know um, yeah, so and that's that's a really amazing thing for your mother to say, and you know, I guess that's that really turns it on its head, doesn't yeah. it? 
Yeah, it did. It really did. And that was kind of the turning point because I think I had just been looking at it from perhaps a different angle, thinking about it, not in a negative way, but being scared of it really. And, and instead of embracing the opportunity that existed there. So yeah, once, um, yeah, once I guess I had a change in the mindset, then yeah, it's been a pretty amazing experience to be home and, um, and you know, to be to be the person that gets called out in the ambulance to someone that you've grown up with or have known for a long time, and and I guess I I have the advantage there because I can turn a, a really serious situation into something that's you know just a little bit more light-hearted. I can crack a joke on someone's nickname or you know knowing them on that personal level. Yeah. And you know, now you are a, a young wife and mother on a cattle station acting you know with a with a career in nursing as well and because obviously those are both very you know small roles you had to take on starting your own business as well just to you know really tip it over the edge so you know we're here because of impulse training tell me how did that come about as an idea yeah um I think it's I think it was something that I'd always really thought about in the back of my mind having grown up on a property I can't actually ever remember mum or dad or our neighbours or anyone in our community ever doing a first aid course. It was just unheard of really and yet we live and work, we exist in this high risk industry that we call our lifestyle. Um, so and and I think that was concreted by doing the emergency response role. So part of my role at the Alpha Hospital is to be a first responder in the back of the ambulance. So we have an ambulance, but we don't have a paramedic. Um, so we look after a 20,000 square kilometre area um, providing an, a first responder ambulance service, which is a nurse. Um, so um, bouncing around in the back of the ambulance, attending all these different um, property call-outs, and they probably are the biggest proportion of all our call-outs. I'd say over 70% of our ambulance call-outs are actually property accidents. And what I've discovered is that, yes, um, country people are so resourceful and so creative and, and, you know, we can fashion a splint out of, you know, two waddy sticks out of the yards or something um, or a tourniquet from the long sleeve of our shirt what I felt was missing was the that knowledge gap of actually understanding um, how you can make a difference as a first aid provider or, or a first aid responder because essentially you're the one that's going to be with the patient or you may be the patient um, and you may be on your own for, for a long time while you're waiting for the ambulance to get there because that's just the reality of where we live in our geographical location. Like, you know, we're 115, 100-odd K from town so I know that the ambulance is not going to get to us before, you know, a good hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then if you're at the back of that properly, you know, property, it's even longer. So I, um, I woke up one morning and I thought, right, I'm going to bridge the gap here and I'm going to teach first aid and um, I'm going to deliver a course that is specific to the rural industry because that's my bread and butter. So I wanted to combine my two passions of being a nurse and then growing up on the land. So I um, yeah, wrote, woke up and started writing this course that you know covered all the potential accidents and injuries and illnesses of living and working on the land and, and then how to manage those accidents when you are a couple hundred k from town and you know that you might be dealing with that for a long time. Um, and, and what's the response been? So sorry, yeah, so you've got the course, so that obviously got got started. What's the response been from your local area and beyond? 
It's been amazing. Um, it's been incredible. So Anna and Fred Appleton were the very first, very first clients, I should say. <laughs> Obviously, family friends, but um, they, yeah, Anna rang me and she said, um, "Is it true that you're teaching first aid?" I said, "Yeah, it is." And and she's like, "So tell me all about it." So I, you know, I gave her a bit of a rundown, and I was sweating profusely telling her because I was incredibly nervous. And you know, holy moly, this could be my first big gig. And <laughs> um, and and it was yeah <laughs> out at Isle of Plains but um yeah it's just yeah it's really just gone in leaps and bounds from there and and I have to say I remember having um a couple of drinks with Lee and Jeff Clues one boxing day and Lee said to me Vicky what you're doing is amazing she's like this is brilliant but she said you need to think bigger than alpha <laughs> and <laughs> and I was a bit stumped at the time because I was like oh I just don't I like yeah but I don't know how to do that <laughs> and everywhere is so far away <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, you know, um but it's really the push that I actually needed at that point in time was to to think bigger than alpha and so yeah I did I was like right let's let's do this then so um, then I obviously worked with the RTO and now I deliver 11 industry Pacific nationally recognized first aid courses and um, and yeah everything is so far away but holy moly do I cover some kilometers <laughs> because it, it, you did really go bigger than alpha you're all over Australia now too aren't you yeah so I guess I've a big part of that is word of mouth like and it is a you know obviously you do a first aid course on somebody it's property and then they talk to somebody and say oh we had Vicky come and do a first aid course and you know and then I get a phone call from that person so a lot of business has stemmed from word of mouth which is which is amazing it's been pretty incredible I have to say and do you know I what I love most about it someone said to me don't you get sick of talking about the same thing like saying <laughs> the same thing and I said to them but I don't say the same thing because I don't know any any of you on a personal basis and I don't know what you've experienced or what you've done or who in that 15 people, you know, and I say ringers, I'll just say of those 15 ringers, I don't know they, who they were. They might have been a first responder in their other life and, and so I don't ever talk about the same thing so it's always different. Yeah. And I bet you your husband loves this, nagging and nagging nagging for you to like be home more and now you're away just as much as you were. Yeah, <laughs> he did make that comment so long ago actually. <laughs> So, and I guess on top of the the service that you offer, you've got the Medi Swags, which is they've they've really taken off too, haven't they? Tell us about that. Yeah, so the Medi Swags came after the um, the first aid training idea, so they um, it kind of just fell into place really. I remember driving away from a property out west, and I was thinking to myself. You know, I've just, I've just delivered a first aid course that covers all the potential accidents, injuries and illnesses of living and working on the land, but I have I've not given them the toolkit to then manage those potential injuries. And I think that just comes down to the fact that I felt there was not a first aid kit that was that would meet our requirement. You know, like if you were to put a chainsaw through your leg, well, you're going to need a tourniquet or you're going to need some artery forceps or... Yeah, yeah, some Panadol, yeah. <laughs> Concrete. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> anything. You know, like... Um, and I started thinking about that and then I was thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm so guilty of this. Here I am trying to walk what I talk and yet 
I'm looking at my first aid kit thinking, wow, I don't even, I don't have a first aid kit in the truck. I don't have a first aid kit in the yards. And I'm like, you know, who am I? <laughs> so then I, yeah, started designing a first aid kit that would, um, that would be more than a first aid kit. So I didn't want just a bag that took up room in the back of the car or, you know, behind the seat of the ute or I wanted it to be compact and I wanted it to be tough and I wanted it to be versatile. So they were my three things that I was like, right, it must be this. Um, and I can't draw a straight line to save myself. Like I can't even draw a stick figure. So it was pretty interesting me trying to <laughs> come up with this concept. But yeah, so I come up with the Medi swag. So it literally, it's made out of gear mag material. Um, so PVC, it's got metal clips and keepers and it rolls up like a swag um so there's yeah the original medi swag and now there's five variants of the medi swag yeah <laughs> yeah so Just to keep it interesting you know right. nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny because i guess i made the original medi swag up and i was really happy with that product and um people were really receptive to that and obviously um that concreted the fact that yeah it was obviously needed but then they'd say to me can you just make one that would like fit on a buggy or can you make one that would go under the seat of an r22 and i was like oh gosh <laughs> um and initially yes I, yes <laughs> um initially i was like no <laughs> but actually as i thought about it i was like yeah i will i definitely will so it's sort of taken three years to obviously get all that happening and then um for someone to actually be able to interpret what my scribbly line on a piece of paper means <laughs> so that they can draw it but yeah so here we are with five different variants now. <laughs> Just in case you needed a refresher, that was Vicky Rivette. If you wanted to find out more about Vicky and her available courses, you can find them on her website, uh, Impulse Training. We've got plenty of lively conversations coming up in the next few weeks, so please subscribe if you enjoyed that conversation. In the meantime, we have a huge catalogue on our website. Visit beefaustralia.com. Talk to you soon. I'm Jane Cudahy. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.